Welcome back to another episode of the J-Side Podcast. We're here on May 10th. It is 8 o'clock, and I'm interviewing John Replinger. John is my brother's roommate in Tampa, Florida right now. They've been living there for, what, is it like a year now? Not, no, like six months, something like that? Oh, no. A year? Uh, like, I moved in in November, like pretty much November. Oh, okay. Like, I moved down here four days before Halloween. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah. So, like, six, like seven, eight months? Wow, that's fast. Yeah, so you're, you're coming up on a year almost. And you guys, from when I visited, you guys are just living what, you know, it's not Miami, but it's that Miami-type feeling. You guys are just living the life, enjoying it, enjoying the weather. Great times down there, I'm sure. Um, so, John is, uh, I think, just, you know, overall great role model for anyone that's looking to get involved in business, you know, healthy lifestyles, you know, being a boss. You know, having a good time and, you know, enjoying life, being happy, everything that comes along in life and adventures, too. So if anything, John is the guy that you want to interview with and talk to to have a good time. I actually noticed what are those interview things that you're doing, uh, those calls, you know? Yeah. So I do um, like coaching calls. Yeah. Um, there's a assortment of different routes I'll go just based on what people are needing or wanting. Um, but a lot of it's based on like optimal performance and mindset, I would say, um, you know, and the core principle behind it is helping people kind of achieve their own flow state nice. or version of that. Um, but yeah, that's something I, I started recently. Um, I mean, I've been studying that for like optimal performance for a long, long time. And then it really took a kick on it with like biohacking and just understanding yourself to how to get the best out of yourself. Uh, when I moved to Portland like four years ago, almost four years ago now, uh, with the intent to like focus on my career, personal development, pro- professional development, growth and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so I, I do coaching calls. Uh, I actually have a website that's gonna be, um, at the end of this week we'll be launching, that will have like the payment options, some of the products I sell, some of the services I offer, and more um, you know background knowledge on myself and you know where it came, where um, you know the idea and the um, and the just like the reasoning behind why I'm getting into this, and so is, it's kind of like optimizing your life based on optimizing other people's lives based on what's going on in their life and how they need to fix it. Yeah, so it's like a lot, just a lot of mindset things that really helped me to like get the most out of life. Um, I think you know something like you mentioned, right? Like I'm somebody who just have a huge appetite for life. There's so many things you can learn and do and see and. I want it all, um, yeah. and I know I'll never get it all, just because time, you know, physically, physical time is is definitely has limits to it. But um, you know, I want to do and see and, and and learn as much as I can. And so, you know, the biggest hack or roadblock into that is time. Like we only have a limited amount of time, yeah. um, you know, physically, and we don't really know exactly what that set time is. We have an idea of what it might be, but again, like you know nothing's really promised except for the present moment. And so I'm always trying to figure out how to optimize my time, Um, which a lot of that goes into energy, right? Like how you take care of yourself, your sleep, recovery, just how can you optimize energy? Because 
you know, at the end of the day, if you if you have the energy to do whatever it is you want to do, you're probably going to do it. Um, but if you don't have the energy or you don't have the clarity, it's really tough to figure out what you want. And when you do figure out what you want to, you know, critically think through the necessary steps to do that. Um, and then also be able to take action. So it's like unlocking your energy and unlocking your mental clarity. Um, and I've done this through just the study of books, the study of, um, you know, other top performers of, you know, both in my field and just in life. Um, I've actually taken coaching courses. I actually, I took a Tony Robbins coaching course. So this is kind of where I got the premise of a lot of it um, or the understanding of the structure, the pricing, some of the tools and whatnot. I took a Tony Robbins coaching course and it was like, was 700 a month for three <laughs> for three fo- three 30 minute phone calls Holy and I did this shit. for six months yeah, and i was like was it, it worth was, it it was really cool to go through it all um because you learn a lot of mindset hacks you learn a lot of just like really cool tips and tricks um and they challenge you um like challenge you like no no one really challenges you um and get you to really think about internally about what you want who you are what you're trying to accomplish but you know for 700 bucks a month yeah that's crazy calls i was like yo what um so i mean my my pricing still gonna be high um it's gonna be close to 600 but it's not just three calls yeah it's uh basically two calls a week so eight calls instead of three and there's other things that are offered in it like there's a text and email um, Monday through Friday thing that I'll send out. Um, and there's like one other service, um, to it. I also offer individual calls, but those are a lot more, a lot more pricey. Yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't realize that yeah. was a whole market is cause you know, it's basically a, uh, yeah. it's like a seminar. It's like a personal seminar, but it's, uh, personalized to you. So that's, that's really cool. As one, it's one-on-one and like anything, you know, it's funny. I, I, I took up, uh, like martial arts training recently and Josh. I work in a one-on-one setting, uh, and I can't even tell you how amazing it is to work with a one-on-one coach yeah. because you just get so much more prescriptive advice as opposed to taking a class, right? You get all the time and attention from the expert, and they take uh, an interest in you, an investment in you, and focus on what you need work on as opposed to sending you just generic information like if you were taking a class. so. You know, I find a lot of value in the one-on-one coaching. Um, again, I didn't think it was like that worth it, but now at the end of the day, I'm thinking like, wow, I've learned all of these tips and tricks. And even though like at the time I was paying a lot of money, like these are things that I use in my everyday life to this day still. And so to me, they're definitely valuable. It was an investment in yourself, yeah. Yeah, and nice. everybody should be investing in themselves. I think totally. it's. I think it's like you should be spending three percent of your income. I personally think more, but three percent of your income you should be investing in yourself. Yeah, every year. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I mean, anything along the lines of like a gym membership to doctor's appointments, like that's investing in yourself, or you know, supplements or whatever it is you're doing to take care of your body. And I guess that's kind of in one of the lifestyle categories I want to touch on is habits. What is like your most important daily habit, or tell me like what your daily routine is? Because last time I saw you, it was. It was a crazy regimen, and I'm wondering if you're still doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and I'm trying to incorporate now an evening routine too um, because – so it's funny because I mentioned flow state. So there's a diagram I really like, and I'll try to draw it out for you. Actually, no, I'll just show you on my phone real quick. Okay. But uh, it's uh, – let's see. This 
is like my favorite picture of all time. Oh, I think you oh. might have posted on that other Instagram. I think I might have seen it. Oh yeah, I definitely did. I forget what it was, um, so yeah, definitely. So hold on, can you? So can you see this? Yeah, it's discipline, flow, and superior, right? In a discipline, flow, and surrender. Oh, surrender. Sorry. So like, yeah. So like, discipline and surrender, which are like opposites. Yeah. Right. Like just being totally carefree, go with the flow, and then having structure, like yeah. be regimented. And somewhere in the middle, the overlap is flow state. And so what I'm trying to achieve, because my morning routine was kick ass. Yeah. Um, and I would like get up and just whoosh through the day, like so much energy, so much positivity, just felt like I could conquer the world. Hell yeah. Um, where the problem was, or the, the roadblock was that I didn't have a, a, I let all that energy and like all that uh, excitement and just that feeling want me to do it all. And before I know it, it'd be like midnight and I wasn't even in bed because I was just doing so much stuff. And then I would have to, you know, get up at five and do my morning routine. Yeah. And so then over time, like the lack of sleep gets to you. And so I just keep thinking, all right, well, one, I need to make sure that I can bookend both my day, my beginning of the day and the end of the day so that I can still get my optimal sleep for rest. And then if I do my morning routine, that like anchors me and it anchors my values, morals, what sets intent for what I'm trying to get through the day. And then I could just be totally free during the day with whatever comes my way. And then same thing at night, ground myself again at night, make sure I'm getting the sleep necessary to recharge. So what is your optimal sleep? My optimal sleep. Sleep. Personally, you know, I just, I just got a whoop or whoop, uh, uh, bracelet thing. Oh yeah. You know what that is? I've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, I've used it once. (laughs) So I gotta like make that a habit, but I personally think it's like seven hours. Okay. For me. Um, yeah, it's different for everyone. Six, eight is too much. I can do six. Um, but like anything below six and I'm just like, I'm in a crash or just like not perform my best. Yeah. And so seven to me is, is my ideal amount of time. Yeah. So our, our guest last week was my, it's my co-host, uh, community college psychology professor. And she talked about sleep. She was a clinical psychologist. She talked about sleep, psychedelics, mental illness. And, but when they were on the topic of sleep, she talked about how important it was and that like, you know, one of those go-getters that says like, you can sleep when you're dead they're going to die a bunch younger and they're going to have a lesser quality of life than the person that's, you know, getting their usual sleep seven hours of sleep every day and still being uh, efficient or effective during the day mm-hmm. based on their regiments or their habits. Yeah. I think the the big key, though, is figuring out what works for you. Mm-hmm. So, like, trial and error because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we look at averages and if you know what averages are, they're just averages. Yeah. Um, which are hardly, you know, hardly anybody's average, right? Everybody's somewhere in some area. And so, you know, I think when you think of eight hours, like some people only need six, some people need nine, some need 10. Um, so kind of just figure out what you're doing and it has to fit the lifestyle. Like, you know, LeBron sleeps like 12 hours, I think, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Elon Musk and sleeps like four and he's doing more than anyone. <laughs> yeah, uh, he also lost his like hair for a period of time. Yeah, um, yeah, and you, if you back. look at any, like, you know, all the presidents or uh, Jeff Bezos, they go bald. Like the presidents always have gray hair by the time that they're done with their term. Like they're not sleeping enough. Yeah, I'm sure just from all, sleeping enough, so much stress, all that yeah. stuff. So, um, 
But yeah, I mean, I, I like to also live, like, when it comes to health. It's like, if it's good enough for LeBron, it's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, his body so, is a temple for sure. I mean, if he's take care of, like, the amount that he spends on his body and how he performs both, like, physically and from a mental level, I think a lot of people um, overlook just how sharp he actually is as a human. Yeah. Um, you know, the way he thinks through the game and business and a lot of other things, too, the way he even conducts himself. Uh, he's a very smart, sharp man. Um, and he rests a lot. He spends a lot of time in his investments of health, body, whatever it is. Um, so sleep's good enough for him, good enough for me. Yeah. So how do you, let's say, how would you incorporate the difference between how much time you spend in work and how much you, time you spend in play? You know, if you're work, working 80%, playing 20%, what's the, what's the payoff there? Ah. Uh, or has it it's obviously really changed since college? Figure, yeah, I'm trying to figure all that out because I've uh, I spent a lot of time in my younger years. Playing, <laughs> yeah. uh, not a lot of time working. Yeah. I mean, working, but working in different areas. Um, so the thing is, like, I'm kind of always working. Um, just kind of depends on what the setting is. Like, I'm always learning. I'm always optimizing to come out on top. If that makes sense. So whether yeah. it's in a social setting whether it's in a sport, whether it's in my job, whether it's playing Catan. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Getting that competitive <laughs> like I'm, advantage. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a competitive person. And, you know, I just, if I'm doing something, who I'm going to compare myself to is the best. Mm-hmm. You know, why wouldn't I? Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be the best or that, like, I feel like I can be the best. I know I won't be the best in millions and millions of things mm-hmm. um, but I like to have the mindset that you know I think it's kind of like what like Michael Jordan has and he he says I never lost a game I just ran out of time oh yeah so the mindset that. that I like to approach things with is I'm might not like the mindset I approach is I'm not going to be the best at this but I could be the best at this if I had unlimited time yeah oh yeah totally. no, that's so a that's great like quote actually. I like to approach things with so has your, I know you were very outdoorsy with your time in Portland. Like, how much time are you spending less now that you live in Tampa versus being able to get outdoors and going? That might be sad to think about, but how much time you spent then versus now? Like, what's what's changed? <laughs> Not enough, man. <laughs> oh, out there was super cool. Like, I had a, I had a, just a sales job. I mean, the whole the whole thing was the whole experience was super unique because. You know, you go from having like a reputation, having friends, having family, just having this idea of who you are uh, to being an absolute nobody. Because I moved there, I didn't have any friends. I I mean, I had like one, didn't really know know anybody, know the area. And so you're literally just this blank slab, I like to say you're a blank slab of marble or a blank page or whatever. And you can write or sculpt or do whatever you want. Um, So it's cool because I kind of, I went out with the intent to focus my career. So I focused on my career. And then after like work and stuff, I mean, I had a lot of free time to focus on me. And so I would go to the gym a lot. Um, I spent a lot of time outdoors. I spent a lot of time reading, learning, growing. Um, and out there, like, you, oh, man, I love the outdoors. There's like yeah. hikes everywhere. I was, out, I was outside at least, you know, a couple times a week, like doing a hike, snowboarding, surfing, whatever it would, would be. I'd be, out, I'd be outdoors all the time. And it's really nice um you know i end up becoming like a lot more like spiritual or like more into nature and earth and just like the the connection uh, between you know us and all living things and 
my Zen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got meditating and stuff. And then I came here and it's like city life. Um, and I took on a new job where before I was like an individual contributor and now I'm a, a manager. So I manage a team and I'm building a help, helping to build a sales office uh, in Tampa here, which is going really great. Nice. But it was a lot. It was a lot of stress, a lot of, yeah. um, you know, go, 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 go. And so I needed my morning routine to help keep me grounded through all that um, because it was just, it was tough. But uh, I de definitely missed nature aspect that, that helped me stay zen and stay super calm yeah um and just like deal with a lot of it so one thing that i really like the pool because it helped me just get outside like i'm always at my rooftop pool in the morning that's what i did my morning routines at um just because not entirely with nature up there but you're outside you're getting fresh air there's some plants up there the sunlight's coming down so it kind of just helps you you see a lot of green like you you're up on top so you don't just get blocked by the buildings you can see the trees and the river and the the bay and whatever um, but I do need to make it more of a habit um, to go to like the beaches and stuff. Yeah, that's very very nice. It's crazy the effect that the nature nature has on just you know your overall uh, attitude or you know happiness levels. Like however you're feeling. Like even when you're up on the rooftop, looking out at like a city or the ocean or whatever it is, having that perspective is like being on top of a mountain. Mm -hmm. Having that perspective of looking down at like you know another setting or whatever it is, or the effect that looking looking on the horizon of a beach like the effect that has on your brain it's like looking into a fire it's like really i don't almost like therapeutic it's like what what's happening in there like it's uncontrollable yeah. you don't know what's going on it's weird well what's cool like what i've noticed right and what we don't really realize is you know modern day living you're confined right if you're in a building you're confined by walls and you know, think of energy, even if your thoughts go out, they're all, all your energy is confined within these walls. And even when you're in a big city, you're, or you're seeing building, your, your views, your thought is still confined by these walls of these big cities. And when you're up on the horizon or you're out on the, or when you're up at the, the roof looking out across the horizon or you're at the beach or wherever you're looking at the horizon, horizon's endless, right? You're yeah. like looking at the sky, it's endless, it's infinite. And so your brain starts thinking of like, it just goes whoa yeah like, look at so all that potential that yeah it's intimidating yeah, like those those massive structures when you're in a city it's like it almost takes over your brain versus if you're on a beach in hawaii like you're not you're not thinking about anything else other than where you're at in that moment versus if you're in downtown chicago and you're surrounded by these huge buildings it's definitely intimidating yeah so i, I do like both though because i like um you know i do like uh, the west coast is a little too chill for me Okay. Um, so I do like, you know, I'm somebody who likes competition. Um, I like achievement. I like, you know, I like something to strive for. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I definitely need to be, need, need both. I definitely need like the nature aspect as well. And so trying to figure out how to incorporate more of that. Like we just, it was on earth day. We bought a ton of plants for our apartment. Nice. Um, do you guys so ever do the money tree? Know, bring some more life. Didn't get a money tree. No, um, what about the jar of money? We got one better. <laughs> I forgot what it was, but I basically just gave um, Al and Liv money to go because I was at work to go uh, to this this uh, what would you call it? what do you call a garden it? plant shops? Yeah, uh, nursery, right? Is oh, it okay. Nursery yeah. plant. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And they just went and like I gave them a list of all the plants I wanted, <laughs> and then oh. they just gave it to like the expert, and she goes, oh, "I'll do you one better." Don't and give asked, Alex like, a list of chores to do. He will not. He'll fuck it up. <laughs> dude you're telling me man i text him every morning 
Uh, I've only texted him like three mornings, mornings this week, but I've learned that if you text him within the first 10 minutes of him waking up, it's got to be more strategic with your, your time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I never really tried anything new. It was just, you know, you get mad. So, but yeah, no, I get that. Um, <laughs> so based on, it's just real quick, last part of the topic for nature that I think would be a cool yeah. question to ask. What's your favorite place on earth that you've been to? Oh, well... So Whatever your couple. first thought was, that's probably what it was. Don't overthink it. Well, it's, it depends. So, I mean, <laughs> Barcelona is my favorite city. Okay. Um, Barcelona is my favorite city. It's got the it's got the uh, the beach and the Mediterranean Sea. It's got a nice city. It's vibrant. The culture, um, the architecture. It's got places to hike. Um, it's just got a very nice vibe to it. Like very laid back, colorful, energetic. Um, Did you go there for school? Was that like a study abroad trip? Yeah, I I, I studied abroad, but I also went. So I went when I was, my grandparents um, took my entire family on a Mediterranean two-week cruise um, when we were, I think it was seventh grade. Sixth grade going into seventh grade. Okay. And um, I just, we we supported, we took off. We started in Barcelona and ended the trip in Barcelona. And so we spent a couple of days, like we went to Las Ramblas and, you know, in, in the heart of the, the city and went to one of the beaches. And uh, that's where I knew I was like, I don't even know what studying abroad is, but I know it's a thing. And I'm going going sixth grade Barcelona versus Spain. college. Yeah, totally yeah. different, though. You're like, all right, I go so, sixth grade and I can like, you know, have fun with my family. But you go in college and it's you're alone and you're having a fucking yeah. blast. <laughs> <laughs> totally different, totally yeah. different experience for sure. Uh, but I wrote my like paper to get in there on just my experience as a sixth or when I was in sixth or seventh grade or whatever. I was like, I got to go back. Nice. Um, so I love that city. Uh, I want to go back again and again and again. Um, but I will say like my other two favorite spots that I've been to that would be more nature oriented. Whistler, Canada. Um, snowboarding. Nice. Amazing. And then I think my like one of my favorite places to go to like find just like peace of mind um, I learned how to, well, I, to most it's surfing. To me, it's like just standing on a board because I'm really not that good. It teaches yeah. me a lot, but I learned how to like get up on a board um, Nice. while I was out West. And, uh, there's this place, um, there's this cove and it's, I mean, the Oregon coast is just beautiful. Like it's hilly, it's green, it's rocky, it's elevated. It's not like a, just a typical like LA type of beach. Um, it's just so such a cool vibe there and there's a wave break you get out along the wave break and you kind of just sit on your board and it's super quiet and you look at the oregon horizon and it's just tons of evergreen trees and hills and mountains and just like a nice rocky um well sandy but also like rocky like cliffs and um it's just so peaceful yeah um so those are like my three like those are my two favorite places nature wise but like to live i would go to barcelona Okay, nice. Yeah, no, because my co-host and I are always looking for, we talk about travel a lot, so we're always looking for call-outs as to what places to go to because we want to try to get some places off the bucket list in the future. But Alex and I actually have a uh, cousin that lives in Portland, and he works for, I think it's Propeller. Uh, I don't know if you know them. It's a, I think it's a financial consulting firm maybe out there. And I've, I haven't talked to him in a while, but I want to reach out to him and visit Portland because it seems like a fun fun place. And the outdoors, from what I've heard you mention, sounds awesome. 
it's uh, like the Pacific Northwest in general, like Seattle area, Portland, Northern California, um, just so beautiful. Like I, I had no idea what I was getting into when I moved out there. Yeah, you're like, oh, a job. I a coin. <laughs> yeah, I got a job offer. I flipped a coin, signed it, went. And it was funny when I flew out there for like the in-person interview, they flew me out on a Monday night. It landed at like 10 p.m., so it's pitch black. And my interview was at 8 a.m. the next morning, and my flight home was at noon, or 12:30. So you, you didn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> didn't see anything. Signed my life away to move out to the Northwest. No way. And I got there. Yeah, and then I got there, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is beautiful!" Like, I had no idea this part of the world existed. And there's an Instagram account which I recommend everybody take a look at if you really want to see what's out that way and what it looks like, especially coming from like Chicago, just concrete jungle type of a city with no nature, flatlands, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Oregon NW, and just you're like, "What? This is America? It looks like a foreign country. Like it looks, it's magical. So it's Hell super yeah. cool." Um, really, really happy that I uh, I did that experience. What a weight off your shoulders, though, is to like move, like not knowing what happens, and then you have that amazing lifestyle there that you know unfolds throughout the. How, how many? How long were you there? How many years did you spend there? Uh, like three, just over three years. Like oh, three okay. on the dot. Okay. Yeah. And so is Fisher? Just... Is Fisher? Is there HQ there or is it Tampa? Uh, HQ's there. Oh, okay. So uh, how is the? The job role, other than you know, sales salesman to manager, how has the job role changed? You know, what, uh, or expectations. Like before, I was an individual contributor, just making phone calls a day. Um, so I did, I did sales for two years, and then I was our training coordinator for a year. So I trained a lot of like our. Anytime we had a new hire sales um, account executive, I would train them on like our systems, on our philosophy, our core sale, like basically all like the, their first three months of like training. Um, I'd be pretty heavily involved in and getting them up to speed. So I did that for, I think one year exactly. I think I did sales for two years exactly, training coordinator for one year exactly, and now I'm about eight months on the management role. Um, so the difference is responsibility. Because uh, I went in, managed like pretty much with sales, like especially for how our firm operates is, you're just running your own business. Like your manager's there to kind of just help you. Um, with whatever resources you need, but you know we're no, you're not being micromanaged. Looked over your shoulder. It's like, hey, you come in, you make sales. That's how you get paid. So the company gets paid. Do your job, and then we're here to assist you in resources, trainings, putting you in touch with the right people if you want to further develop yourself, enhance your career, like have monthly one-on-ones, professional, personal development, stuff like that. So as a salesperson, you're pretty much just working on yourself. Uh, or you're just working by yourself, essentially. You're running your own business, kind of like an entrepreneurial style. So was that then, one of your goals, or was that an expectation you had for yourself, was to grow in the company and reach the position you're at, or was it, it just happened? Um, it just happened. Um, a little bit of both. So I think on my year two, um, on my year two, I was a little just like unsure of what I wanted. Because um, originally I didn't even want to go into sales. I want to get into research. Oh, okay. uh, like market research and then but like entry-level job role with sales and I figure it's a really good life skill to learn like I personally think everybody should do start their careers in sales and service um, people skills really yeah, good ones totally. and communication skills other really good ones yeah I couldn't um, and so um, year two I kind of like plateaued I wouldn't say plateaued but 
um, I was going through a lot. Like I had shoulder surgery and just like a bunch of other stuff going on. And I wasn't as focused on my work. So like I was doing a lot of these with my production. Yeah, like, slowing down. Like I slip and then I grind because I had to get back up and then I slip. And I was kind of just like a lot of work to plateau. So I didn't really know what I wanted. And then I got an opportunity um, to do the training. And I was, I'm somebody who's like, you know, if you get offered an opportunity, you don't know how to do it, say yes and figure it out. Okay. Um, so I was like, hey, you know, do you want this? Because um, I, I expressed a little bit of interest, uh, but it was more like, hey, do you want this? And I was like, sure. Um, so I did that with another person. We kind of ta- uh, tag teamed it. And then the Florida spot opened up, our office opened up and we knew we were going to need people to manage and um, no one really wanted to go. This is pre-COVID. So no one really wanted to go down. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll go down. Like one, I moved to Portland. I was like, I'm going to do two to three years there and then do a new city. Cause like, that's just how I wanted to live life. Yeah. And um, then I was like, it's closer to home, Chicago, like so much easier flights for all my friends and family because it's real tough in Portland. Um, and so I was like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do this. So I, you know, I expressed, you know, they heard I was interested in Florida. So they reached out and they said they were super excited. And like, we're basically, let me know that there would be opportunity to take on this managerial role. And then I uh, ex- like formally applied for it. It was funny because they, uh, they told me I got it or I'll, they told me that I'd move down. And it was like, the expectations were kind of like, yeah, you'll get down there what and end of October and you'll probably just still do your training role. And then come the start of the new year, you'll be a manager. <laughs> and so I took two weeks off and I went back to Chicago, you know, fucked around a little bit, <laughs> hung out uh, with a lot of friends, saw some family, yeah. um, just had like a good little break. And <laughs> I got back in on like my first day of work and it was like, so you, sh- you inherit your team on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like mid-October. So it's like, you inherit your team on Friday. I'm like, whoa, what? Um, so I hadn't even done any of the trainings yet for like management. Um, really just got thrown in the water yet. in the deep end? <laughs> just thrown in there um, and just like figure it out, which I personally love. I love that type yeah. of style. Like, your swim, you know? Yeah, um, don't have someone walk you, you know, hold your hand as you're walking through, like fucking walk on your own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like what, what's cool about our company culture is that's kind of that's kind of how it is, but it's like everyone's so supportive and like collaborative that like they're not going to let you drown. Okay. So it's like we're gonna throw you in the water, but like we got see you waving your arms, yeah. we're gonna give you help. Yeah, we yeah. got you. So I like that. um it was cool, it was a really cool learning experience. Like I've grown so, so, so much in such a short time because I went from being just take care of yourself to now take care of my team got as large as fifteen individuals and with COVID protocols, there's times where like other the other two there's only other two other managers were out of the office. So at one point for like a couple weeks I had, I was basically the only one in the office for the sales department. We were on our own floor and there were 20 plus like account executives in there, like kind of just coming to me for stuff. And I'm, this is back in February. So I was like in the fourth month on the job or like January, I think it was January. So I was like three months in on the job um, and like having to try and figure all this out and just like stepping into this role that I've never done before, uh, which was like what I was saying was super, super stressful. Um, which is why that's like when I really got into this big whole, okay, I don't have my nature and trees and all this like free time anymore to like just zen out and, you know, be chill and deal with all the stress. Yeah. So I got into my morning. I was like, I got to just do this morning 
routine. I got to make sure I'm taking care of myself first thing in the morning so that when I go to work, I can just you're, cut out all these yeah, fires. Yeah, you're a killer, yeah. Take care of everybody else. Wow. I love that. How, how does a company do, like, you know, I guess how do they implement that philosophy of, you know, collaboration and, but in growth? Because, you know, so many companies talk about their company culture and, like, how it's collaborative. But it's a lot of just talk, at least for the big companies. Like, that's how it was for, like, when I worked at Nike, like, you know, they talk about how inclusive they want to be and, like, diversity and, you know, helping each other out. But it's really just a part of, like, the corporate policy. But how does how does a, yeah. how does a company like Fisher Investments actually implement that and, you know, promote it to its to its employees? I, um, I think the coolest part about it and why it resonates so much with me and why I feel so at home at this company um, is because it's like a, it's a family. Like we always talk about like the Fisher family joining the Fisher family. And that's at least in my eyes, what like a family is like no man left behind, like supporting you, sharing ideas, you know, free of judgment um, type of, you know, type of culture. And, you know, I come from a big family, like super supportive. They always have my back for everything. Like I wouldn't be able to do the things I do without them, like move away, move here. Um, you know, it's so great. And so, you know, that's just, at least in, in my departments specifically, but, um, you know, more so for the firm, it's just like a very, it's like a family style uh, company um, full of strangers, yeah. um, which I think is super cool to have. Um, and like the other thing is, is, you know, when you have that philosophy of, you know, we're, we hire people who want to grow. We, we hire people who want careers, not just jobs. Um, and, you know, when you're growing and everybody wants to grow, I mean, we have that philosophy, that sink or swim philosophy, like I mentioned. Mm -hmm. So everybody that started has really no, has like started from the bottom, right? And they build their way up. So when you have a new hire come in, you feel for them, you empathize with them because you're like, oh, I remember that, it sucked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I've been there before, lost, like yeah. everybody else helped me. So like, I'm gonna help them when I see them struggle. Um, so that's like the culture we really try to uh, foster. And I think we do a really, really good job of it. And that's been like my primary focus to start uh, the office now is that supportive, collaborative family style culture. And, you know, it's, it's really starting to get there. It's funny because um, just like a, a couple, like a month ago, you know, I texted my boss and I was like, it's happening. And I'm watching just like, I get a, I'm doing my work and I'm just like watching everybody starting to just help each other without me even asking or without any other managers asking. And they're just going out of their way to help each other. And so now once we have that culture, now my focus is more so on, all right, production. Yeah, performance. Let's get these yeah. numbers up. Let's get them fill, in. Up, fill the fill everyone's pockets. Like let's let's make this yeah. shit legit. Get them into a mojo. If you, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like you get them into a mojo and then once they're in the mojo, they're gonna perform better than ever. Totally, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so is Fisher Fisher's investment firm obviously correct? Um, we do wealth management, so we're we're like building out investment portfolios of stocks and bonds for you know anybody over half a million dollars. Okay, so give me not Fisher's definition of wealth, but how you would consider wealth in your life, because I think wealth is something that is specific to you, not a universal term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so me, to me, wealth is freedom. Nice. Um, and a lot of it is, I guess, maybe even more in terms of wealth would just be abundance. Um, but abundance to achieve freedom. And that can go in many ways, right? Not just money. Um, I think in a capitalistic society and what a lot of people need and what a lot of people lack is money. 
but to me wealth is freedom so that could be with health right limiting like removing your restrictions wealth to me is removing all your restrictions and limitations so health is one to me right if i'm sick or if i'm immobile i'm not wealthy in that area it's relationships if i don't have friends or family or i'm lacking that type of area i don't have i'm not wealthy enough to have that human connection if it's money i don't have wealth i have limitations on what i can do what i can buy what i can experience um so to me wealth is gaining freedom through abundance in whatever category um you're looking to be wealthy in so that is so funny that you listed all those things i just i just texted it to you so i tweeted actually not too it was april 11th my definition of wealth i got i got whiteboarding because you and alex are all about the whiteboarding so i started whiteboarding and my yeah, yeah. De- my definition of wealth was health freedom time and relationships nice and i feel like yeah. everyone's like oh like i want to like be wealthy when i grow up but the only thing they're thinking of when they think of wealthy is assets and that's money and you know mm-hmm. physical things so and i was like that's that's not wealth if anything time is money I mean, alex and i talked about this briefly that I, I hate when people are so stingy with their money but when people are stingy with their time i fucking get it because it's like if you're gonna stingy yeah. with your time like you know you don't want to waste time because time is money money you can always get money back you can never yeah, get time back totally like, exactly our most precious gift is precious thing we can give is time totally and you know i think like i was saying i think just in a capitalistic society why everybody thinks wealth is because a lot of our restrictions or our you know if you think of material things or experiences or whatever travel um you know you need money to do that um i think another big area of wealth or that helps you achieve wealth in all those areas is your mind um and like dropping your ego because if you drop your ego what do you need all these things for yeah not much yeah you know you can (laughs) achieve all those things without you know without money yeah you can can obtain personal connection you can achieve health you can achieve you know travel maybe or experience maybe not you know flying first class to you know hawaii or whatever but like you can you can see a whole lot meet a whole lot of people live a healthy lifestyle live a very present abundant joyful lifestyle um if your mind's right um so that's a big component that's where it starts personally i also want money because i want to go to hawaii and all that other stuff but you don't need it yeah well yeah you you don't think about how much money you you don't think about how much money you want until you actually need it because like you know you need money to survive you need money to live that's just obvious at least you know in certain countries our country especially but if you have all the money in the world money is not your wealth anymore your wealth is your relationships your time and your health i think health I more importantly you need you need money um even in this world i think what you i think what money does money is a is a medium for exchange of goods yes yeah right and so what it does is it just makes life easier for us right if you think about how like it, people used to trade for things and you have to go get this and trade for that with multiple different people whereas now money it's just a universal tool to barter and trade between people to get what you want like in Catan. so if you don't have money what you really need to do is be providing value so you can get whatever you want in this world with zero with no money in your pocket you just gotta be providing value didn't uh what's isn't like the titanic isn't that how uh 
what's his? I don't know the character is like Leonardo DiCaprio. Didn't he like basically just provide value to people? And oh, get his Jack on the Titanic. Yeah, no. Yeah, when Jack. he was on the Titanic, he was just like he was a salesman, but he wasn't selling. He was kind of bullshitting people. He was, but yeah, he that's how he got on the Biden Titanic. Value. <laughs> yeah. In some area, even if it is just entertainment. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, but the, well, the people on Titanic. No, there's just yeah, it's just the people on Titanic. I don't know, I'm not very familiar with the movie, but I just like remember one. I actually think it's a terrible movie. What he wants. <laughs> I hate the movie. Do what? I hate that movie, Titanic. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it fully through. I Dude. just remember him getting what he wanted and not having money. So. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, he was just on the he was on the boat fucking bitches, and then the worst happened. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So not a bad life. In in on the topic of money or wealth, um, how important is passive income to you know maintaining your wealth without having to sacrifice your time for work anymore? You know, working hourly or salary, and then passive income comes into play. Huge, uh, it's everything. If you have one one income stream and it's your job, you're slave to your job. Mm-hmm. Like you you need it, you're dependent on it. Um, passive income is how you retire. It's how you make money in your sleep. It's how you unlock more free time um, because now you're not trading like with a job you're trading time for money your time for money mm-hmm. with passive income you're not really trading anything for money you're just getting money yeah you're just getting money yeah through investing right yeah. like I mean you're trading you're trading time like you're depending you're trading your money typically your money and time earlier on yeah. you're trading it while you build and while you invest so you're giving up you get money and you invest it in these um, cash flow producing assets, whether that's digital assets, physical assets, investments, new projects, you know, whatever you're buying, investment in company, like, you know, whatever you're doing, startups, whatever it is, something that's going to build you cash flow. Um, so you're, you're more so just saving, but investing. So you're spending your time early on. And then with your earnings, instead of spending it and giving it away, you're putting it in something else that's going to continue to produce you cash flow passively down the line. And as you continue to build, eventually you're going to get to the point where you just have money coming in and you're not trading anything for it. So now you have yeah. free time. You don't need to be you know, going to work for money, which is going to which is really cool. So I, I love what I do. Um, I really do. I love helping people out. I believe I like the culture. Like I said, I love being there. I really believe in what our firm provides for our, our, our clients. Um, but I still have that attachment because it's pretty much like I'm building passive income streams right now, but it's pretty much my only source of income, um, like yeah. actual cash flow. Mm-hmm. And so I have that relationship where I'm dependent on the company. And so it's just like a, it's a total different mindset going into things because you have this like dependency, right? Like when you're independent from something, when you have zero, when you're totally carefree about it, you're, there's no fear of loss. Like if I lost my job, it's like, well, shit, what am I gonna do for income now? Right, I gotta go find a new job. Yeah. If it doesn't pay as well, I gotta learn new skills. Whereas like, if I don't need my job for money, now I'm I'm just I'm just thinking about it differently. Yeah, you're gonna um, act differently. You no, know, not in a, not in like a bad way or, but like, you're just kind of removing a stressor, right? A money stressor. And any type of stressor, whether it's money, relationship, health, whatever, when you have a stressor in your brain, you can't think optimally. You can't critically think through and problem solve everything. So if I, you know, if you remove all those stressors and like, okay, well, you know, I'm going in this job, not with like the arrogant attitude of, oh, I don't care, I can lose my job, but with the attitude of like, what can I try? 
what yeah, can we think outside through? the box, we... take some risk. Yeah, right? Yeah. What can we implement here that might be worth trying? Um, you think differently as opposed to like kind of just always doing what you're told. I think that, you know, if you have good management, um, we, which we do, we have a very cool, um, like one of the best pieces of advice I got to, to my management when I got from an old other manager was said, hey, what's the best way to manage, you know, kind of executives? And they go, just get the hell out of their way. Like let them do their own thing. Yeah. And what's really cool about my current boss, like he empowers me to kind of just like do my thing, which I love. Um, but there's still part of me that's like, there's still certain things that I have to like, obviously make sure I follow or can't challenge or can't question. And I wouldn't say I can't, I definitely can question everything and challenge like everything. I think that's good. But there's also like, you want to pick and choose your battles on what's worth questioning because you don't want to be somebody that's high maintenance. You don't want to be someone that's a problem or a nuisance. But I think you, and I wouldn't say I would question uh, everything um, and try just absolutely random things if I didn't have this uh, attachment to my, my company's you know, uh, dependency for, for money. But I think I would definitely um, challenge things a little bit more um, as opposed to like what I think would be you know, the right way to produce better results or whatever it is. Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. I think that management approach is great. Like in my internship, one so of my branch manager told me, we're going to give you the resources so that when we provide you a project or a task, you're not going to come back with questions. You're going to come back with the finished task. And it's not like they're against mm -hmm. me asking questions. They're just like, they want to encourage you to work on your own and figure it out, problem solve, rather than be like, hey, tell me what to do here. Tell me what to do next. Yeah, you, we want, I think what we want and what a lot of people want is they want self-sufficiency, right? Yeah. If it's like, you know, and I think that's like the difference to me between leadership and a leader and a boss, right? A boss kind of tells people what to do. A leader influences or guides or does things and like teaches people. It's like a, a, coach. a boss. It's the whole uh, a coach, right? But it's the whole, you know, give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man a fish, he eats for a life, right? Yeah. I don't want to just be fishing and giving everybody fishes all the time yeah. you know to eat like that's a lot of work on me i'm not i don't want that yeah. i want less work yeah <laughs> so you know the self-sufficiency aspect like if you're always doing everything for everybody or if you're always telling people what to do then they're going to keep coming back to you for that if you get them to learn how to think for themselves and learn how to critically think which for some reason i don't think that many people in the world know how to critically think for themselves or be self-sufficient um it lightens the load on you and then i can now start thinking critically like if i'm not doing a bunch of task work right like you know pointing out how to do this pointing out how to do that or doing stuff like on the computer like if i can free up my task work because you guys are all learning how to do it yourself now i can critically think about the bigger issues or the bigger um, problems or area or room for improvement yeah um so it's like freeing up my time to critically think as well um so that's that's kind of you know why that philosophy is so cool and so nice because you let the other people figure it out so then now you can work on bigger problems totally so is um, well first off i guess you should give a explanation as to what boss lens is but i'm going to guess self-sufficiency is one of the components of boss lens um yeah kind of like self-sufficiency but so boss lens it's cool your brother alex kind of <laughs> actually taught me uh what boss lens was yeah. um and i've always had these different lenses but i never really had the whole framework or concept of it and it's really shifted my lifestyle and it's just basically viewing your life through different lenses like i have student lens i have my social lens i have my carefree lens i have my zen lens yeah. i have 
boss lens. I have I manager like lens. lens. <laughs> I have so Zen lens. I love Zen lens. It's the best. Um, but I have all these different lenses that you can view life for you. And it's just based on what your situation is, what your environment is, and what you're optimizing for. And so boss lens, the really cool one, and the one that's really applicable to uh, wealth financially that we look for is you put, you start seeing, you put your boss lens on, and you start <laughs> seeing, okay, if I'm a boss, a business owner, how am I thinking of these situations? So like, oh, I'm out, I'm collecting business cards all the time, whether I'm just out casually drinks, whether I'm at dinner restaurants, whatever it is, my boss lens is on, I'm seeing opportunity to help somebody's other business or a financial opportunity or, or network or connection or whatever it is that a boss would think. Now you're also thinking about money differently. Right? If it is a business, if you're thinking about your business, okay, is this, is this gonna be an asset or a liability? Is, what's the opportunity cost of this? Um, you know, how can I maximize value here? How can I provide value? How can somebody provide value to me? So you start thinking in terms of being a boss or running your life as your own boss um, or your money or whatever it is, and you just view things differently. Um, so that's like the version of boss lens, right? And it also is self-sufficiency because you're like, okay, this is my life. I'm the boss of it. What am I optimizing for? What am I trying to gain? How can I be self-sufficient in learning and growing and getting what I want? Hell yeah. No, it's something that came to mind just from what you talked about uh, from collecting business cards. I actually have a wallet, a separate wallet in my car with like 20 business <laughs> cards in there. So I've got two wallets, one with like my actual money, cards and everything in it, and then a wallet with business cards in it. <laughs> um, That's but then so cool, dude. What came to mind was, uh, you know, me and people, that social aspect of life. From what Alex last told me, whatever happened with the lady from the wine tasting tour that we did? You know, the oh, the I, queen of Egypt. Is that is that something that you can explain or no? Oh, I couldn't explain because nobody <laughs> would even understand that. <laughs> just just curious. But, did like I said, did it I'm, unfold? Like, I uh, I'm spiritual, right? Like I spend a lot of time meditating. Um, oh wait, real um, quick. I believe in it. Real quick. Yeah. Uh, all I need to mention is from when I came to visit you guys, I was exposed to John in the morning saging his room saying walking around his room saging the room saying money 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 and i thought it was i thought it was just the funniest most ridiculous thing i've ever seen i was like this guy's actually saging for money and like wealth in his life it was so funny yeah uh i do that i have um i transitioned my i bought my underwear and socks they're all money just money on it because um i'm that's my focus for this year yeah uh it's money yeah, I know so we were talking about wealth, but money, obviously money, money is Money boxers and money socks to work every day. Or money by um, Pink Floyd. And that was the, money by Pink <laughs> Floyd is what I woke up to as my alarm clock. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like spiritual, right? So I do, you know, I, we on Sunday nights or Monday night, we're doing it to one tonight. Alex, Liv, and I, we sage the apartment and we say mantra for whatever we're optimizing for for the week. So sometimes wow. it's money. Um, sometimes it's flow state. Sometimes it's... Um, you know, just whatever we're trying to optimize for that specific week. That's, um, that's but awesome. I just, I got like being out and just one with nature. Like, I started and with optimal performance, they go like kind of hand in hand to me. It's I start studying like energy a lot, right? How to get it, how to get more of it, how to protect it, how to maximize it, you know, whatever it is, which is, you know, part of like the whole spiritual stuff, you know, what you put out in the universe, whatever will come back. So, um, you know, I do, I do a lot of meditation, uh, deep breathing. I do the mantras, the saging, just all that stuff. 
Nice. Yeah, so the this, the spirituality thing wasn't always around? That, that happened when you lived in Oregon? No. Happened when I lived in Oregon. Um, I think a lot of it was just like, you know, I think a lot of it stemmed from meditation. Um, oh, okay. Like I would read a lot of high performance habits and like what CEOs do and stuff like this. And there's always like silence and meditation and stuff. And then I got like a little bit more into just like nature and being one with nature and just like reading energy better. Like I feel like I have a really good, I feel like I do really well at reading energy on, on people or a room or just the environment. Um, and so just being out surrounded by natural energy all the time and focusing on my energy, right? How I eat, my exercise, my sleep, my hydration, stuff like that. Um, that kind of just like led me into this, like also being more spiritual. Nice. Love it. Um, I guess one last thing that I was, I, I think is an interesting topic is on the topic of goals, setting goals, meeting goals, but more importantly, failing or rejection in life. How mm. is there a time that you can think of that you failed or you got rejected that impacted whether it be school, career, job, whatever it was? Dude, everything. I'm failing every single day. <laughs> uh, honestly, like, honestly. So, Failure, right? I, it's it's win or learn, right? There's no losing, win or learn. Yeah. Failure is like oh, you gotta embrace like it, you gotta love it. And what's cool about like where I really learned failure, like I failed in my life a lot of times, but I never really had consistent failure until I went into sales, and I was losing big time early on. Uh, I was not good, and then I just like with all this studying of optimal performance and stuff, it was that thing like flip it into learning. Like just when you think of failure as a loss on your like an L on your book, not a W. That's victim mindset, and I'm like growth mindset. Yeah. So how can you think of a growth? You learn. What can you learn from this, and what can you move on with it? And what's really unique, like I feel like I'm addicted to growth. Like I've always had an addictive personality, and this is a healthy addiction, at least for now. Um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, but, it stays healthy. But like I'm surrounded by growth all the time. So my company is a growing firm. Right, so we've grown tremendously. Uh, I'm in a growing city. Both Portland was growing and now Tampa's growing. I'm Alex and Liv, we're all growing. We all have growth mindset. Um, the industry I'm in, the stock market is a, is a growth-oriented market. Mm -hmm. Like, just like I'm always surrounded by growth, uh, which is super cool because I'm a big believer in your product of your environment. So if I'm surrounded by growth, like I study growth, I'm in growth all the time. I see how growth works. And it's just like a really cool thing to, you know, want to always be be doing. It's just growing and learning and bettering yourself. Yeah, no, totally. And I, I could tell just from when I spent that one week with you guys, like, I felt like I was growing just because I was around that attitude <laughs> from you and Alex and just the city, like, you know, being under the sun, being in the growing city and like having you guys around and Josh, like training with Josh was unreal. Like, I felt oh, like yeah, I... Man. I felt like I stood taller. I felt like I was, you know, just having those mm -hmm. brighter days based on that attitude and that mindset. It was amazing. That's why I'm like, all right, I need to get the fuck out of Wisconsin. I need to <laughs> live somewhere yeah, that's man, like that. Like, get down here, dude. I mean, there's the big thing, right? You're, if you're not growing, you're dying. It's growth yeah. and decay. There's no in between. Yeah. Right? If you're just plateauing, you're dying because everyone's growing. Yeah. Right? And so... You know, that's what life is, right? Life is growth. You grow, 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 and then you die. So like, or until you stop growing, you start decaying. And so like, me, like, there's just so much energy in growth. There's just so much excitement in growth. And like, that's how you get the most out of life. 
and I'm somebody who's trying to squeeze every ounce of life that I can, um, you know, with the limited amount of time that we have here. Like, time is limited. Um, totally. Physical time. And, like, it's something that I think it takes, it takes failure, and it takes a lot of failure, and I think it takes something like moving away um, to really understand the importance and the value of time. Yeah. Yeah, no, if you, I mean... My number one advice to like anyone is to just fucking move out of your hometown. <laughs> like just just because I have some friends that are you know are stuck at home, and I'm like, get out of there. Like it's a whole new perspective. Like it's it's like a lens thing, you know. See the see mm-hmm. the world from a different view, from a different place. It's gonna change you for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's t- something that I'm sure you could say that like each time you move to Portland or then to Tampa, like whole new perspective, whole new life. You're starting some another chapter that just you know overall is you know, another page in your big book of life. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like the best thing, I, the best decision I ever made was to move to Portland and then the, well, up until I moved to Tampa. The next best one was moving to Tampa. Yeah. 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 So one of the best one was moving to Ta- Tampa, uh, or the most recent one that's been the best has been Tampa before that was Portland before that was moving to study abroad. Like you just, it opens, per- like you said, a brand new perspective on life, on the world on what's out there and what you're capable of. Um, and so it's really cool. Nice. Is there anything you wanted to plug or, you know, you can give a shout out to your Instagram accounts or anything you want people to be aware of, um, overall, whatever you want. Hmm. Good question. Um, oh, well, this would be a cool one. Yeah. If you have, uh, if you have an interest in moving to Tampa and, um, you know, starting a career in sales, we are hiring. Like I said, it's a super cool company. Um, you know, you can apply and use my name online, or if you want to just um, chat with me about opportunity, I'm always happy to do so. Um, whether it's about Fisher, whether it's about my coaching, whether it's just about advice in general, uh, I it's kind of like I'm super passionate. Who are trying to grow and trying to learn and trying to better themselves. And so, if you have questions and you want help or just clarification or um, you know, better understanding of, you know, my journey and my process, what I've gone through. Um, happy to chat with you. So either feel free to reach out to Jason. You can text me 630-815-9007. Email me jreppllin2795 at gmail.com. I'm, uh, I'm happy to chat. I'm an open book. Um, so, you know, hit me up with whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. Anyone that wants to take him up on that, I highly recommend it. Don't be afraid to actually, you know, utilize him as a resource because um, he did put his phone number out there by choice. <laughs> yeah, by choice. So feel free to hit me up. I'm happy to do it. I uh, love networking, love meeting new people and hearing about, you know, their life, their goals, their dreams. I think it's super inspiring and, um, you know, awesome to, to hear when people are passionate about things. So, yeah, hit me up. Use me as a resource. Even if I, you don't know me, uh, sometimes that even makes for better conversations because you're, you know, not thinking about being judged. You're dropping your ego and you're totally just being free. So um, happy to do so. But, yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. I mean, this has been awesome. This has been my third podcast now, and uh, I think each one gets better and better. Uh, yeah. And they're a lot of fun. And I learn a lot about myself, too, while I do these. Yeah. Um, so thanks. It is a lot of fun. You know, you talk and you don't even realize where you're where you're getting in the conversation it just goes but yeah no you're an awesome guest thanks so much for your time and really appreciate it cool yeah thanks man let me know if you ever want to have me again i'm happy to do it yeah for sure all right bye everyone